Thank you for being faithful to the house of God tonight. If you would, turn with me. Matthew chapter 13. We'll be in the NIV, but you can just follow along. I pray tonight that I could preach and speak this message the way I feel it in my spirit. It's been so burdened in my soul for quite some time and I hope it makes sense to you. I hope it's something that you will allow to speak into your life tonight. I'm thankful for what God is already doing in this house. I pray that his anointing would fall in this place like it already has and that somebody would leave this place touched tonight. Matthew chapter 13, begin reading at verse 1. It says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on Good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Skipping down to verse 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life. And the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. It said some fell along the path or the wayside. Some fell in rocky, stony places. Some fell among thorns. Others fell in good soil. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on it matters where you fall. It matters where you fall. Can we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Lord, I love you. God, I pray right now that your anointing would fall in this place. God, I cannot speak this word without you. God, for this is your word. God, I pray tonight, God, that each and every heart would open itself. God, to receive your word tonight. 
Oh, God, and that every heart would leave this place changed and touched by your almighty hand. Oh, and we ask all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Falling is inevitable. We fall down. We fall in love. We fall for tricks. People just fall. Falling is something that is just going to happen. You know that you're not going to go your whole life without falling. Maybe you slip, maybe you trip, maybe it just happened that way. Some falls hurt, some falls heal, some deceive, but a fall is nonetheless a fall. In our text, the farmer goes out and he begins throwing seed. He is tossing the seed and gravity is going to take place and this seed is going to fall. Our text says some fell by the wayside. Some fell on the side of the road. They, some fell in stony places, others in thorns. And some fell in good soil. Not every seed is going to fall in that perfect position. Not every seed is so lucky to find itself settling in good soil. Some seed will never reach its potential. It, it, will, it will never reach what it was meant to do because it was some taken away and devoured and scorched or maybe the root itself and it grew. But no matter what, it was going to fall somewhere. The seed was going to fall somewhere. We fall in categories, rankings. And the point of Jesus' parable was not the seed. Though the seed was significant, Jesus was not trying to tell them about the seed. But in the place, the seed fell. It was the same seed scattered throughout. It wasn't the seed that was destined for only the good soil. The seed was for whatever ground would receive it. He didn't take some seed in his hand and throw it directly into the good soil. He just began to walk around and toss the seed and hoping that it would find a place. Hoping that it would settle somewhere where it would produce growth. But it was not strictly destined for only the good soil. The seed was for whatever ground would receive it. God is no respecter of person. He just throws it out and where it rests is up to us. The seed was to find a place to settle, to find a place where it can begin to dig in roots and eventually one day sprout and bring forth life. Jesus was telling them that there are four types of places to fall. There are four types of people that this seed will find itself with and where it falls will determine its future. That the, the place that the seed decides to settle down and fall into will determine what is going to become of that seed. Which tells us tonight it matters where we fall. What category are we? Are we the stony places? Are we the place that's by the wayside? Are we the thorns or perhaps the good soil? Only time will tell. 
Jesus was telling the people that day, only one out of four will get it. Though I may throw it around to everyone, though I may try to attempt to reach everyone, I'm aware today not everyone is going to take in what I have to say. I'm aware that not everyone in the church is going to believe and receive everything I have thrown out. I'm aware that straight and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. I'm, a, I'm aware that many are called, but few are chosen. Jesus was telling the people that day, only one out of the four grounds will get it. Jesus was aware not everyone would allow this thing that has fallen from the master's hand to come in and rest. When the seed is thrown our way, do we reject it? Do we turn and walk away? God begins to pour out upon us, but because we have our shield and our defenses up, our umbrella and everything that was meant to fall in this place, falls in that place. What was meant to fall and land in a spot where it could do something is just shunned away and pushed by the wayside. This ground refused to allow anything in. It refused to allow anything to move it. I think they have the mindset of the tree that's planted by the water that it should not be moved. And they take it out of context. They see the seed is thrown our way and they say, well, well, that's not for me. They immediately try to push away that thing that God was intending for you. And you try to push it off. Well, the, well pastor was preaching to so and so today. When God spoke today in tongues and interpretation, he wasn't talking to me. He, was, he had to have been talking to someone else. It's the ground that refuses to let God just come in and work. It's the ground that refuses to let something settle in their soul and do something miraculous. On the wayside, just a tumbleweed-filled ditch with nothing but dirt and trash. It's not that the seed was bad. It wasn't bad seed. In fact, there, there was nowhere for it to fall. It fell to the ones who says, no, that's, that's not for me. That will bring growth and I'm not looking for anything extra in my life. I'm not looking for growth. I'm just looking for grace. I don't want it to change me. I just want it to forgive me. It fell to the ones who come into the house of God and they have their shield up and who are really not interested in God moving in their life. They're not interested in change. They are not interested in a different lifestyle. Why don't they want the seed, you ask? Well, Jesus says that there would be three that it, would just, it wouldn't happen for. He did his part. He sowed the seed, but the ground refused to let anything in. And so the seed fell by the wayside. It says, no, I, I, I don't want a change in me. I, I, I like the way that I'm living my life. I'm content living the way that I'm living. And I don't need anyone or anything trying to change that. It, it was a hardened ground. It wouldn't let anything in. But listen, church, the seed that fell by the wayside did not get to live its life outside of the boundaries. 
The seed that fell on the other side of the fence where the grass seemed to be greener did not get to settle into a place where it decided. It didn't get to choose where it was going to end up. It didn't get to decide for itself what was going to become of it. Rather, the seed was then devoured. Something else, someone else came along and said, if you don't want this, I do. If you don't want to receive this, I do. And the enemy came in and destroyed it. The devil doesn't want the blessing. He just wants to keep it from you. He, he doesn't care anything about what God is throwing to you. He just makes sure, wants to make sure that you don't get it and you don't receive it. And he destroys it to make sure that you can't go back and say, well, may, well maybe I might want that. Maybe I might need that someday. Someone else, some other time might come by and decide to pick up that seed that you pushed away. So what was meant to take root in you has found its way somewhere else and it has been devoured. There is no getting that seed back. The wayside probably had days where it longed for that seed to fall one more time. If it would just fall on me again, I'll be sure I'm ready to receive it. If I can make it into the house of God one more time, maybe it will fall again. Because last Sunday I was going through a tough spot and I was just hard, a hard spirit. And when God tried to pour it out on me, I, I didn't receive it. But now I, I, I'm desperate. Now I'm longing for that 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 seed to fall one more time and i promise pastor this time i'll be ready if they sing the song one more time i promise i'll shout in the aisles if if the pastor preaches that sermon one more time i I know i'll go back and pray at the altar i promise i'll be ready the bible says there will come a day where there will be some who long to be in the presence of the lord just one more time that they would wish to God that they would would have given it all they had the last time they were there. Had they known that this day would have been the last day they were in the presence of God, they would have just stayed and soaked it all in and said, I I, I can't go anywhere because I, I won't get this again. This is my last time to be in the presence of God. This is my last time to receive anything. And they said, I, I would do anything to be back in the presence of the Lord one more time. Others fell in rocky places. Places where once the seed fell, it looked like there might be hope. Because you see, it made its way deep down to the soil. After all, it fell in the crevices of these stony places. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. They are the ground who wants the seed, but they are not willing to let it settle. They want the promise, but they don't want to wait. They want the progress, but they don't want the practice. If it falls, it better fall tonight or it can't happen. They open themselves up to whatever God has for them and says, God, if you want to move, you can move tonight. But I might not be here Wednesday night. I might not make it to church on Wednesday night. So if you're going to move, God, I'm giving you this window to move. 
I'm giving you this little bit of area to fall in and make something happen. If you can't find your way through the crevices and somehow find your way through all of this to what I'm trying to accomplish, then I, I really don't know what to tell you. They open themselves up to whatever God has for them only for short periods of time. They let pastor preach the word, but we can't let it settle in our hearts. I love the worship tonight, Brother Joey, but I can't allow it to get in my spirit. I can't allow a sprout to spring up. I appreciate what God is doing, and I will gladly be there to participate in some of what he is doing. But don't think I am going to sell out. Or they receive it and they are excited. They hear what many blessings it has. Oh, I'm so excited to live for God. I can't wait to do good things for God and live for God. And I'm just full of zeal and full of passion. And they start off a blazing fire. But they turn away when they hear what few sacrifices are needed to be made. They love the many blessings, but the few sacrifices turn them away. Oh, pastor, I can't wait to live for God. I can't wait to give all of my praise to him every day. But then he says, deny yourself and follow me. Oh, God, I will give you whatever it takes. Matthew 19 in the message says, another day a man stopped Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing? What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, why do you question me about what's good? God is the one who is good. If you want to enter into the life of God, just do what he tells you. The man asked, what in particular? Jesus said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as you do yourself. The young man said, I have done all of that. I have done everything you just said. What's left? If you want to give it all you've got, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions, give everything to the poor. All your wealth will then be in heaven. Then come follow me. That was the last thing the young man expected to hear. And so crestfallen, he walked away. It's a stony place. It wants to receive, but it will not give back. It will take in anything that is offered, but it offers nothing in return. It has a desire, but not a passion. The desire takes the seed, but never does anything with it. The desire eventually burns out, and once the desire has had its share of heartaches, it checks out. But a passion says, I don't care what storms may come. I don't care what offenses may come my way. My passion is so much greater than my problems. You don't understand the reason I'm here tonight. You don't understand why I continue every day to live for God. It's not because I have a desire. It's because I have a passion. It burns within me. It drives me every day. The young man wanted heaven. He wanted the key. He wanted to know what was eternal life going to cost him. But once he was given the key, it cost him much, so much to unlock the door that he was not worthy. He was not wanting anything to do with it at that point. He said, well, you've given me the key to eternal life, 
But it cost me too much to go open that door. It cost me too much to walk through that place. He had taken the seed. He said, what good thing must I do? I am a rocky soul that surely seeds will fall and find a place. Jesus tells him, just do what God tells you. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, and so on. The rocky young soul thought that that was very reasonable. The young man said, I have done all of that. I have taken the seed. I have let it fall into place. I have let it find its way into my soul. And I might be interested in doing this. I might be interested in letting something take place in my spirit. I might be interested in opening myself up to whatever God has for me tonight. But then... But then, something just wasn't working. Jesus, it, there's, there's something more. It's, it's not getting rooted. William Barclay said, It is not the things which are obviously bad that are dangerous. It is the things which are good. For the second best is the worst enemy of the best. He had lived a life of not doing wrong. And Jesus said, if you want to give it all you've got. Because he had spent his whole life not doing wrong, but that wasn't giving God all he had. That was simply doing away with the things of this world. He had lived a life of not doing wrong, but the stony place was not willing to let the word work. The seed was no longer welcome to settle in and make itself at home. This young man was settling for second best. He thought because he had not done bad that he was good. And because he was good, he was safe. But good is not the best. Some people are at the mercy of every new craze. They think a thing up so quickly and just as quickly drop it. They begin some new hobby or begin to acquire some new accomplishments with enthusiasm. And boy, they're excited that something's finally starting to happen. And they're finally starting to figure something out. And then a problem occurs. Or then it didn't go the way they thought it would go the next day. They're in classes and they think, man, I'm starting to get this. I'm starting to understand this adding and subtracting thing. And then the next day they pull out multiplication and hold on, hold on. I, I, I wasn't planning on getting into all of this other stuff. I was content with the little bit we were dealing with yesterday and the day before. That they don't want growth. They just want to be comfortable in the state that they are at. Once they realize it's going to cost them a little more and take a little more from them. They're not interested. The second it becomes difficult or it seems like it might ask too much of them, they abandon it. And next we have the seed that falls in the thorny places. It becomes a crazy, chaotic life. And it's busy teaching and singing and greeting that it forgets to pray and worship and just saturate in the presence of God. This ground understands the importance of the word of God. He understands the necessity of prayer. 
but somehow in his crowded life, he just never gets around to it. I feel like this ground is the most well-known ground among all grounds in today's time. There's a lot of good people. There's a lot of good ground that will receive it and they understand the things they need in their life. They understand they need to come to the house of God. But we have surrounded ourselves with so many things and done so many things for God that we didn't take time to know God. We didn't take the time to pray. We didn't take the time to push some of those other things out of the way and let something begin to grow. This ground understands the importance of the Word of God. He has received the seed, but this life is requiring more out of Him than He is prepared for. He has created a web of His enthusiasm that has now entangled the seed. This covering of thorns has surrounded the seed that has fallen. The sprout tries to find a way to the surface, but it is choked out before it can ever reach the surface. Of all of the chaos. Good intentions are great. But I've heard it said my whole life that hell is full of people with good intentions. This is the ground that has work five days a week Monday night choir practice, Tuesday night prayer, Wednesday night church, Thursday night practice. Friday night games, Saturday work at the house and games and family time and church on Sunday. And then we go press the repeat button and do it all over again the next week. Trying to balance church, family, work and responsibilities can become crazy. And if not handled properly, it can become a web of distractions and destructions. The sprout can grow amidst the thorns. The sprout can find some life and begin to grow. It can begin to lift itself up out of the ground and start to sprout a few leaves. It can begin to do some awesome things, but you have to cut away those things that are getting in the way of its growth. Because if it's not helping it, it's hindering it. There are many people who have great intentions. They spend day and night doing things for God. But when God sends down that seed... That seed that is purposed to grow. He is not willing that it would perish, but it cannot make its way through the things we have allowed to grow and run rampant in our lives. Reminded of the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus is coming to visit. And both of them so eager to receive that seed. So eager to receive that time with Jesus. But Martha begins to get up and clean and cook and do the things that you do when a guest is about to come over. And she's trying to prepare the perfect place for Jesus. And she's trying to get it all together. And Jesus gets there and she's still doing everything. She's still trying to get it all straightened out. And Mary is in there just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, I, I, I was cleaning before you got here. But now that you're here, I just really want to spend some time with you. I really want you to speak into my life. I really want you to do something in me today. And Jesus tells them, Mary hath chosen the better part. The better part. There are good people who do good things for God, but there is a better part. 
There is a soil that is so much better. There are many people who have great intentions and they do all these things for God. But it cannot make its way through the things that we have allowed to grow in our life. So before we ever see it come to fruition, it dies out and does not bear anything. It lies stagnant and seems lifeless. Sure it grew, sure it looked like it might go somewhere and accomplish something. But because it had distractions, because it had things hindering its growth, it was choked out. And last but not least is the good soil. It's the one that just seems to get it. It's the one that just seems to understand the ins and outs of life. It produces crop and it yields much more than what was put in. God desires for the things He places in your life. To not only grow and produce life, but life more abundantly. He desires that one seed that you allow to settle in the soil to spring forth and produce much more than was put in. This is the one who spends time every day seeking the face of God. The one who cries out, oh, that I may know him. It's the young soul that lifts its hand and says, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. I know I'm not much to offer. I'm just dirt. But if it's going to fall somewhere, let it fall on me. It matters to me where it falls. It matters to me where it's going to find its place. God, if you're going to pour out your spirit, let it fall in this place. If you're going to plant a seed somewhere and desire to see growth, let it happen in this place. It's the soul that is willing to do just about anything and beyond. It's the soul that just cries out, oh God, I need you. I desire you. I'm just dirt, but the wayside didn't want it. The stony places could not decide. The thorny places could not handle it. But God, there is nothing here but just good old dirt. It may not seem like much, but I am willing. I have cut away every distraction. I have moved the stones out of the way. And I have prepared this place for you to fall. Nothing is going to hinder that seed from falling in good soil. Those thorns that tried to grow up around and the distractions that came. Maybe they came unaware, but they're there nonetheless. I have cut away and I have removed them. Those stones that, that could possibly cause uh, not enough sunlight to come in and cause growth to take place. I have removed those stones. I've removed every obstacle to make sure that I am in direct line with what you want to do for uh, God if there's anything I desire I, I desire for you to fall for your word to fall for your anointing to fall if it's going to fall Lord please let it fall on me there's a song that says Lord 
whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. Lord, if you're blessing in this season, please don't do it without me. If you're healing in this season, please don't do it without me. I am willing to learn. I am willing to yield and I am willing to submit. I am not too proud and I am not too busy. Many souls would have been saved had there been that prayer. This man, this ground produced the good fruit of the good seed. He is the one who listens and who understands and who obeys. In 1799, there was a Perugian explorer, a scientist named Barone. He had discovered a potent drug called curare. He saw an Indian hunter bring down large beasts with a single shot from his bow and arrow because the arrow had been poisoned with curare, which is a mixture of two properties from plants. Curare injected into the bloodstream was very deadly. It immobilized the body, attacked the vital organs, and caused death almost instantaneously. Barone had gotten infected by this curare, and he became very sick. When a native doctor forced him to drink some curare that had been diluted with water, terrified he was going to die, he became surprised to find out that he was feeling much better. Curare, when diluted and taken orally, can be a positive medicinal value without causing damage to vital organs. The key lies in not what the curare was and what it could do, but it was how it was taken. Injected into the bloodstream was an instant killer. Ingested orally, it was a healer. I ask you tonight, where do you fall? What category are you in tonight? How have you taken things? When God tries to move over your spirit, how have you responded? When God tries to do something great in your life, how have you responded to what God has tried to do? Have you been a thorny place that there's distractions in the way that that though you have good intentions, you haven't really allowed anything to grow? Or are you the stony place that allowed a little bit to fall and a little bit to get in and then it starts to cost you a little bit more than you're willing to pay so you check out? Or, or, or is it the wayside and you just you come into the house of God with the mindset, I'm not praying tonight. I'm not going to lift my hands tonight. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I'm upset. Have you allowed it to heal you and grow or have you allowed it to destroy you and wither? Have you blocked out the things of God and allowed it to just skip right over you? Have you allowed the enemy to come and take what was rightfully yours simply because you didn't want it? Have you had the mindset, well, if it happens, it happens. If not, then I'm not worried about it. I tried to let it do something, but it just took too long. I was afraid to let it settle in my soul because if it settled in my soul, I would have to change some things. If I let it get too deep in my spirit, I would have to let go of some relationships. 
If I let it do too much in me, I would have to go and unplug a few things at my house. And I would have to change my lifestyle. And it would change too much. And I just don't know if I'm ready for all of that. I haven't given any room for growth. I have allowed my calendar to win out over my calling. But I wish to God there is someone here tonight that would say, I may have been one of those other three, but tonight I want to do something that I have not done in a long time. I want to open my heart and have that spirit of the good soul that says, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. I know you've tried before, God, and maybe I've had a hardened heart. Maybe I just had a bad day. But God, if you're going to fall, God, I want you to fall in this place. I want you to know, God, that I will receive it tonight. God, I, I feel like that one that God that just longs for that one more time. That just to be in your presence one more time. I want to open my heart, my mind, and I want God to have His way. The Bible said in Jeremiah, For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Don't plant in distractions. Don't hope for something when thorns are all around And don't have a hardened ground. Break that hardened ground. That ground that hasn't allowed anything to move. It hasn't allowed anything in. We need a breakthrough in this place tonight. It is a shame that some will not last because their faith is weak. Their understanding is meager. And their decision is not sincere. If we were to look at our souls tonight. If we were to be honest with ourselves of who we are, where do we fall? What category are we in tonight? I know there are a lot of people with good intentions, but just distractions have slowed us down. Distractions haven't allowed things to grow like they need to grow. I'm guilty of having thorns in my life. I'm guilty of having things that just somehow over the course of time, have grown all around the promises of God and the things that God has tried to do in me. And I am guilty of not taking away those things and those distractions in my life. I've been guilty before of being in a stony place where God tried to do something. And I was willing for a moment, but when I realized it was going to cost me a little more than I was ready for, and I slowly backed away. And I've also been the one that fell by the wayside where when God tried to move and tried to do something great, it just sat on the pew with its arms folded and said, that's not for me. But I also know what it feels like to be the soul that says, God, tonight anything you want to do. Tonight, God, anything you need to do in me. God, no distractions. God, I'll pay whatever the price. God, tonight I've just got to have you. Can we stand across this place tonight? I need some soul searchers tonight. I need you to look deep down into your heart and see what kind of soul you are tonight. Not soul, what kind of soil are you tonight? 
Are you the good soil that's saying, God, if you can use anything, you can use me? Are you the one that's saying, it's not for me. I appreciate your words. I appreciate the worship tonight. But I'm just, I'm not interested. Are you the one tonight that's just, I might be willing to make a bargain with you, God. But if it's going to cost me too much, I don't know if I'm ready. Or are you the one that's got distractions and work and life has you down and discouraged and you just don't know how you're going to make it another day? But that good soul that says, God, whatever you're going to do, please don't do it without me. God, if you're going to fall on a child tonight, fall on my child. God, if you're going to touch a family tonight, touch my family. God, if you're going to heal somebody tonight, heal me. Oh, God, if the seeds are going to fall and you're looking for a miracle to take place. God, I pray that it would happen in me. There are broken families. There are heartaches. There are those that are sick and need a touch from God tonight. You need to be that soul that says, God, whatever you've got to do in me. Oh, God, I pray you would put the pieces back together. God, I pray that you would speak life over that soul that is hurting. God, I pray that you would reach for the ones, God, who are not willing to pay the price. Oh, God, move in this place tonight. Oh, God, I want to be that good soil. Oh, I want to be the one that says, God, I'll do anything. Oh, I'll go anywhere. I'll pay whatever the price. Oh, God, but tonight I've got to have you moving in my life. Oh, I pray for everyone tonight. If you would come up to the altar. Oh, and say, God, I want to be that good soil. Oh, maybe I've been in the stony place. Maybe I've been the one, God. Oh, that has had thorns all around. God, but tonight I want you to fall on me. I want you to anoint me. I want you to use me. Oh, if you're going to fall, fall on me. Oh, God. Oh, God. 